One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. You know, the weather's getting warmer. So I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually... Actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple, perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. quince, but it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie. Also from Quince. Ooh, mm-hmm. okay. It, it, like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking. I, I'm going to toot my own horn. Effortlessly chic, whether it's winter toot, or toot, Kate. or summer. They've got premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from thirty dollars. You got washable silk tops, really stunning fourteen karat gold jewelry, and so much more. Like truly, the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, if you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. Hello, and welcome to Forever 35, a podcast about the things we do to take care of ourselves. I'm Kate Spencer. And I'm Dori Shafrier. And we are not experts. Why did I try to steal that line from you? But we are two friends who like to talk a lot about serums. Hello. Sorry. No, you didn't. I just, I thought you were hesitating. And so I was like, I guess I'll just jump in. Well, I might be a little rusty from taking a week off. Hey, that's okay. <laughs> and also, as um, I told you before we started recording, I am recording this episode lying down in my bed because I hurt my butt. So I feel yeah. like that's going to that's gonna confuse me. I've changed. I mean, I've only moved like six inches from my chair to my bed, but I've never recorded a podcast laying down in bed before. How, how, how are you feeling? Do you want to share with our listeners what happened? Listeners, this morning while doing my online live aerobic step class, I eagerly leapt up onto my step, which was on its highest height, because I really enjoy step aerobics, and I rolled my ankle, and then that caused me, the rolling of my ankle caused my body to fall backwards, 
and land on my right side on the like hard concrete garage floor. Um, I was on a I was on a yoga mat. I landed on a yoga mat, so I didn't scrape myself, which was nice. But um, I really effed up my butt, my glute, my femur. I'm not quite sure because my knowledge of anatomy is very oh, limited. God. But it really hurts to walk and it hurts to sit. So oh, I'm laying. Pain. I'm laying. Yeah, it's okay. I think it's just very bruised, but I do have a telehealth appointment tomorrow just to make sure like I didn't secretly like fracture a bone or something. Yeah. I hope they're able you know, to help you. I should say that I turned 41 this week. So this is a... Uh, you I'm sure really, do. <laughs> really feeling my like my age a little bit, you know, mm. like... My my daughter like found me on the ground because I couldn't. Oh my she gosh! Was, like, out, no, she was outside looking for something and heard me swearing and came in to see what was going on. And I was just like on the ground, kind of just like not sure if I could get up. It was very like it was a very humbling moment. I'm I'm grateful. Oh that my I was gosh! Able to, <laughs> to get up off the ground, and she was terrified because I was screaming. <gasps> you know. Anyway. Rolling into Kate. 41 like a boss. Like a <gasps> boss. Oh my gosh. Dory, how have you been wow. since we last talked? We haven't really talked in like over a week. I know. I know. Well, you were away and I and I, I wanted to respect your awayness. <laughs> Thank you, my family. We traveled about 40 minutes and stayed in an Airbnb that we disinfected. And it was very, um, we avoided other people and it was very nice. That sounds restorative. It was. It was actually really nice. Um, I am fine-ish. Are, are you feeling <laughs> it? Just, are you feeling the, like, the weight of the world? I'm just, yeah, I'm feeling like pretty discouraged by the state of the world lately. And like not really sure what to do with that feeling. Um... Like, I spent a lot of last week getting very angry at photos on social media okay and Take now me on this path well just like seeing people posting seeing people who had previously been like had told me not that i asked but just like had talked about how they were social distancing like seeing pictures of them like with non-family members unmasked like out and about and I was just kind of like, what is happening? Um, and like, find out my parents haven't been as cautious as I thought they had been. And it just kind of like sent me in a spiral that culminated in posting like a rant on Instagram about mm -hmm, in my mm -hmm. stories about um, social distancing and etc. And actually, I got a lot of people messaging me, sharing my frustrations. And so that was kind of validating to know because I was like, am I the crazy one? Because someone in my life told me I was being crazy. And they were like, you are not. <laughs> um, so that was kind of validating. But then like, after that, I've just been sort of bummed about it. And feeling sort of powerless and frustrated. And then 
I read, there's an article I read in the Atlantic um, that is helping me, I think, a little bit start to reframe my negative thoughts around people that I see like going out to dinner and socializing, et cetera. Um, And we will link to this article in the show notes. But the headline is, our minds aren't equipped for this kind of reopening. And it's basically saying like, look, like we should be angry at the government for allowing these things to reopen. Like if the Cheesecake Factory is open, we shouldn't get mad at the people who are going to the restaurant that is open. We should be mad at the government for allowing it to open. Mm-hmm. So kind mm-hmm. of like hate the game, not the player, <laughs> if you will. Um, I mean, it kind of goes back to that whole like, we are tackling like systemic racism. We're tackling these big structural things. And I think this is another example of that. Like I should be directing my anger at the government for being incompetent. And like, yes, it's very frustrating to see all these people out and about, but like we have gotten no guidance and no clarity and just mixed messages this whole entire time. And so, you know, I wish that people wouldn't go to the Cheesecake Factory, even if it it was open. I don't mean to be singling out the Cheesecake Factory. That was just the first yeah, like, I know. national You're chain really... that, that jumped into my mind. <laughs> it, it, nothing against the Cheesecake Factory. I'm sure they are you doing want great that cheesecake. with social distancing. Um, but, yeah. So, I don't well, know. I I mean, I, I I agree with you, but I also think there is enough information for uh, hopefully people with a lot of accessibility, like access to make wise choices, right? Well, or am see, I wrong? okay, but see, but this is like where I started, and. I have come to find out that, and Matt and I talked about this a little bit on Excellent Adventure, and he he pointed out that like a lot of people are just kind of experiencing cognitive dissonance where they have kind of convinced themselves that like what they are doing is okay. Yes, yes, yes. I feel, I feel myself doing that. So I totally, I can, I can empathize. Yeah. And like, I get, I get it. I get it. And, and so... That is where I get kind of tripped up where I'm like, okay, people should be responsible enough to make their own decisions. Like they have all the information. And even the people who maybe aren't going to like Fire Island to a huge party with like hundreds of people, maybe they're like opening their social circle in a way that is probably not advisable, but they have convinced themselves that it's fine somehow, you know? And and that's yeah. what I'm like having yeah. trouble with. Yeah. Like all these little I, things that all these little things that we all do, or I th- I shouldn't say we all, I should say that a lot of people do that like are they that we have told ourselves are okay. And like I, you know, and then then on the other other hand, I'm also like, well, look, we are in a situation where like we have to start thinking about risk mitigation. And I think this is something we talked about a long time ago, maybe on here for you. Um 
that it's like uh, it actually is unrealistic to expect everyone to stay in their homes for months and months. And so then it's like, well, what are the things that we can do? And like, it actually probably is fine for people to go to the beach and not be masked. You know, probably. I don't know. But I'm not like I'm not a doctor. I'm not an epidemiologist. Oh, I'm rambling. I, it's I don't okay. know. Ramble I, don't on. Have, I don't have the answer. I don't have the answer. I I don't want to be a I don't want to be a social media scold. And I don't I don't think it's healthy for me to like always be judging and looking at people and like assessing whether they are doing things right. Because someone might look at me and be like, you're not doing things right. You well, know? and I think you I think you make a good point. We are all doing this with zero guidance from the, the national government, like absolutely yes. zero guidance. Uh, and so you're right. It's safe to assume most of us are, are trying our best and trying to navigate it. I mean, there there is. And also, like, you know, you're talking about the risk mitigation, like as a parent, I have to start figuring out school for my kids as you know, and they're, yeah, they're meant there. There are mental health considerations that are, that are coming along with that. And then, you know, for some people it is not safe to be at home. They are in violent yes. situations at their home. You know, yes. like there's, there's all sorts of considerations to, to take into account. And, you know, I think another thing that is worth pointing out as we talk about this is that there is, major inequality racial inequality when it comes to coronavirus and that black and latino americans are affected way more than white people yeah and, and you know I w- actually i'm glad you brought that up because i have i've been seeing an attitude around around town of people being like well i'm young and healthy if i get it it won't be that big of a deal and it's like okay but when you then go to the restaurant and the waiter who is serving you, like they might not have a choice about whether they can come to work. And now you've infected that person. And odds are the people in your life who are essential workers are black or Latino. And it's because they are disproportionately black and Latino in this country. And so there's just like this, this selfishness and that, that just bothers me. (laughs) I'll stop ranting now. No, I think it's, it's, it is heavy on, on many people. I I mean, I don't, and people are dying. We are people, I have friends who are losing loved ones and not just older loved ones, people my age. And you know, it's it's hitting closer and closer to home. And I know I'm not the only one who's experiencing that. And I'm sure some of our listeners have been through it on a very personal level. And so mm-hmm. it, it is. Yeah, I don't I wish I mean, obviously, you and I have no answers. <laughs> we are just two yeah. people trying to navigate yeah. this nightmare ourselves. Yeah. So I'm sorry to take it there. But you know, you asked how I was doing. And that's kind of how I'm doing. So how are you doing? <laughs> Well, I have all those feelings and more um, about all sorts of things that are happening uh, in the world. Um, and I'm distracting myself with skincare because mm-hmm. that's that's what I Go do. On. I don't I don't know if it's a good idea because I did notice my skin is flaking a little bit. So I'm I might be oh, doing no. the thing where I'm like must experiment on my face 
and try mm. all these products. But I did a few weeks ago we interviewed our guest who was on today's episode. And it inspired me. It's Caroline Hirons, by the way. We just <laughs> gotta come out and say it. I mean, you can see it and if you read the yes, episode the title. <laughs> I mean it was and what a blast it was to interview. I mean that was like a, a pod dream. But she's very pro retinol. And I and I devoured her book. Her book is so good. And then I was like, well, I gotta use retinol. So then I bought it not knowing what I'm doing. And now I'm trying retinol once a week. Okay. So here I am. Just uh, just a woman asking the retinol, standing in front of a <laughs> bottle of retinol, asking it to do something to my skin. Uh, you guess. know, I wouldn't like, I am both simultaneously working on loving, like, you know how we talk a lot about, you know, there's the body positivity, body neutrality. I think the same thing can and should and is being said about our skin, our face. Yes. Everything, totally. right? Like, totally. I love my face. Glad to have it. Glad to have the skin. You know, but would I, would I be like, would I be down if like a fine line smoothed out? I'd be into it. Like, I love my fine lines, but also like, I'm okay if they want to smooth out and relax too. So anyway, if this retinol does that, I welcome it. If it doesn't, I still love myself. Oh, that's so nice. <laughs> you know, um, I am excited. So, well, I should, I should first preface this by saying that our guest, Caroline, is very skeptical of this treatment which is called Bakuchiol, and it's kind of billed as a natural retinol. It's plant-derived. It's been used in Ayurveda and traditional Chinese medicine for centuries. Um, and But a lot of like Western medicine dermatologists say that it offers similar benefits to retinol without the side effects and sensitivities. Now, Caroline thinks that it is complete bunk. Um, so I'm going to, you know, take that under advisement. But Milk and Honey just sent us their new Bakuchiol treatment, and I'm very excited to try it. So I will report back. Um, and, you know, according to this article I read in New York Magazine about Bakuchiol, you can you can use it with Retin-A. I mean, you can use it oh, re- with retinol. Yeah, they're not okay. like, you don't have to not use retinol if you're, if you're using Bakuchiol. So you could conceivably use both. Um, well, so, yeah, so please, I will report back. I would, I would love to hear uh, what listeners use for retinol products. They've tried Bakuchiol. In other news, I've gotten really much farther into Animal Crossing than even I was before. Oh, yes. Hey, I, we are... I, I blame you for this. But you also, and I are both now. I credit you for this because it is bringing me a lot of joy. Can I tell you my favorite um, part about when I play Animal Crossing now? Whenever I sign on, it's like I only have one Nintendo friend, who, and that's you. Like we're official Nintendo friends, yeah. And you're all you're always online when I sign on. It's always like one friend. That's, I, I know it's you. I, I've I've been online a lot. Well, and when you sign on, it says because your name in it is Mom. Oh no! Oh so no! It always says it always says like Mom is online. <laughs> Oh my and it God, took I me a minute realize. to figure out who that was. And I was like, oh, it's Kate. Oh my gosh. I did not realize that other, like everyone in our family plays. And 
<laughs> oh my gosh, that's so embarrassing. <laughs> um, it's very Hilarious. sweet. Anyway, I had so there is a Forever Thirty Five Animal Crossing Facebook group, which so active, so fun, which is so active. Such a lovely group of people, and I had a little, I had a little uh, party on my island in Animal Crossing <laughs> the other night. I just, I, it wasn't. I mean, it wasn't an official party. It was more of a like a get together, if you will. You opened your um, island and people showed I up. I opened my island. People showed up. They brought me gifts. It was just like, it was so sweet. They paid off my staircase, which like, this means nothing to the vast majority of people listening. But to Animal Crossing people, you know, it's a big deal when someone pays off your staircase. I will say there are over 200 people in the Forever 35 Animal Crossing Facebook group. It is an active. That's oh, a it lot is of active. People. It is yeah. a lot of people. Um, I had some stuff for them to catalog. It, it, it was a, it was a time. You know, I'm I'm kind of of the mindset that whatever whatever you need as a a distraction or a relief right now is great. So if it's Animal Crossing, cool. Because it is Thank for me. You. Yeah, it is for me too. <sighs> All right. Well, let's take a short break. And then when we come back, we'll be hearing from our queen, Caroline Hirons. Oh, my gosh. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Kate, I feel like we are like barreling into summer. It's happening so fast. It is. And I feel like also with summer just come more social events. There's weddings. There's nights out. It's vacations. I mean, like all the things happening in summer. And what I love is that Honey Love has just the right thing for all those events. Feel comfortable and confident this summer with Honey Love's best-selling Super Power Short. The Super Power Short smooth shapes and lifts, giving you a flawless silhouette under any outfit with targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas you need less compression. It's designed to work with your body, not against it. Speaking of working with your bod, the crossover bra, which I'm wearing as we speak. I wear that my, thing every day. I do too. Uh, it's my favorite Honey Love piece. Let me let me just tell you why. Yeah, get okay, into it. Okay, do you want to tell me why? <laughs> no, no, I was just going to say like I I I don't even need to wear it to events. I wear it like the event is every day of my life. Yes, that's such a good way of putting it. The bra gives all the support of traditional bras without using any underwires and just like sidebar, I have put on some of my old underwire bras lately and been like, "Oh god, like get this off of me." <laughs> No, thank once you. you. Once you start wearing Honey Love, you're just like, no, not yep. going back. You see how also, it could like, be. Yes. Also, like summer sweat under those underwires is like, ugh, the worst. Now you don't have to worry about it. 
Get the support you need with the comfort you deserve and treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market. Save 20% off at honeylove.com slash forever. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash forever. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started. So shape your life with Honey Love. You know, the weather's getting warmer. So I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually, actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple, perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. quince, but it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie, also from quince. Ooh, mm-hmm. okay. It, it, like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking. I, I'm going to toot my own horn. Effortlessly chic, whether it's winter toot, or, toot, Kate. or summer. They've got premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30. You've got washable silk tops, really stunning 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. Like truly, the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, If you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. You know, Dory, we talk to a lot of really fantastic intelligent people on this podcast. But I don't know, maybe you're like us and you want to go even deeper. Mm, I'd love to go deeper. We like to go deep. And that's not only possible with today's sponsor, but also easy to accomplish on Masterclass. Every year I get really into the classes offered and the instructors offering them. Like I'm all over the place with the things that I like on Masterclass. But this year, I am very interested in the class Redefining Feminism, which is 14 lessons from Gloria Steinem. Okay. Now, they dissect issues women face in the U.S. and ways we can play a role in the feminist movement in our everyday lives. Look, I majored in women and gender studies in college. So, this is right up my alley. But even if you didn't, even if you're like, this is the first time I'm I hearing mean, those words. I would argue, especially if you didn't. Yes. Get into it with Masterclass because this is the year you can really learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Go from just talking about improving to actually doing the things you've been wanting to do with Masterclass. And it doesn't have to be 
redefining feminism with Gloria Steinem. It can be gardening in your own garden or your yard or patio. It can be learning to cook Indian food or designing a space that you love. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors. So whether you want to master like negotiation with Chris Voss or think like a boss with Martha Stewart, or maybe capture your vision through photography with Petra Collins, Masterclass has you covered. With Masterclass, you get unlimited access to intimate one-on-one classes with the world's best. And right now, our listeners will get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash F35. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash F35. That's masterclass.com slash F35. Our guest today is Caroline Hirons. Caroline, we are so excited to have you on Forever 35. Thank you for being with us. Thank you. Um, Caroline is trained in more than 100 brands. She is a globally qualified advanced esthetician, and her career has involved developing bespoke facials and training teams internationally for top brands in the UK, US, and Asia. She's been in retail for 34 years and working as a consultant to brands in the beauty industry for over 10 years, advising brands on the route into market, where they should be selling, and why. And she has the biggest social media following across all channels in beauty and skincare. And she has an amazing new book out that Kate and I are both obsessed with called <laughs> Skincare. We thought it was a pretty simple title. You yeah. know? There's no need to be like, it's not, it's, let's face it, it's skincare. It's not becoming, you know, right. I'm, I'm not Michelle Obama. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, well, Caroline, we're, we're, we're so excited to talk to you because we've both been big fans of yours for quite some time. Um, and we both, like I said, we love your new book. Um, and I guess, I guess, so I just want to start by asking, what is skincare advice that people ignore the most that we should all be listening to? Wash your face properly and wear SPF. That's it, right? That's Pretty like simple. the most basic. Okay. Like the, if you're going to be a basic bitch, wash your face properly. <laughs> And wear SPF. I love how in your book. I'm very sorry. You should be used to it if you invite me on. Yeah. No, I mean, I love how in your book you're like, do not go to bed with your makeup on. Like, like how has this become a thing that people think is okay? Um, Well... It's there's a couple of things. It's the prevalence of wipes. They think they can just wipe it off and it's all Mm. gone. Grim. Mm -hmm. Just so grim. Um... And it's that kind of, you know, I think sales are up of skincare across the board during COVID-19 because people are are literally at home going, oh, wow, I could really make my skin look a bit better. And they've got time to do it. And they're not, they don't have any, they don't have any downtime. So Mm -hmm. they're experimenting more with actives, you know, sales are up. So it's not a, it's not a sort of a sad picture in terms of, in terms of the industry and going forward, but I do think there's still that smaller element that just sees it as something else you have to do. Some people see skincare as something you have to do if you want to wear makeup. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? They sort of think they'll yep. spend hours. And, and these, these are the same girls, by the way, who will spend $60 on a Pat McGrath foundation and tell me they have a budget of $20 for the whole routine. And I'm just side-eyeing like, really, really? Right. 
something you do. It's education. Hopefully they'll get there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you are you are not a fan of face wipes. That is that is clear if you read no. your website, that's clear in in the book. Can you let listeners who may be face wipe loyalists know why you are not a fan? Um well they they don't clean your face, number one. So they don't they don't clean your face properly. They leave residue. They leave um you know, they leave ingredients on the skin that you would probably want to wash off. No one really wants to keep a surfactant on the skin. And that's what a wipe contains, really. It's kind of like, you know, they, they, they sort of throw in a bit of something to sort of make it feel like you're removing something. You know, it's almost like trying to bring a foaming cleanser to a wipe, some of them. And then they do horror one. I mean, they're all horrible, but there are varying levels of what rage they give me, to be honest. But they don't, they don't clean your skin. They just move it all around your face. So they, you know, they, they remove the sort of surface layer. But if you're wearing SPF and you've had makeup on all day, there's not a wipe on earth that is going to make your, leave your face clean. Not one. Besides what they do for the environment before I even right. start. Right. Right. <laughs> so there. You could just why. leave it at there. Yeah. Done. Pretty much. Okay. <laughs> Here's here's a question. I'm 41. I'll be 41 in a month. Dory, you're what, 42? I'm right? 43. How old? How old 43. are we? 43 and 41. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> I was like, how old did I just turn? Yeah, right. I, I know. I've, I've kind of forgotten. Uh, so at, at women our age, I feel like, ask us a lot about like what products can change wrinkles. I, I like your approach to anti-aging and how that's kind of a bullshit term. But like, yeah. if people want to um, address lines on their face, can the products actually do anything for that? Or is it like, yeah, of course. It's just, okay. So what would be like the, the ultimate product to buy if someone's like, I'm getting lines, I'm 40. I want to address this. Uh, vitamin A, a retinoid. Okay. Vitamin A, number one, always. And, you know, especially in America, the first thing people will say is SPF, but SPF is preventative. And if you've got to the age of 40 and you've got lines, SPF is not going to help you get rid of those lines. It's going to stop you getting discoloring and pigmentation for sure as you get older. But most of the sun damage that comes out in your 30s and 40s is done before you're 20 anyway. It's from when we're kids and teenagers, right? Mm. So vitamin A or vitamin A, I have to remember my audience, is, uh, is, you know, is sort of the number one in terms of proven anti-ager. And I use that term in not endorsing what it means. <laughs> right. Um, so let's talk about, so it, it is summer in a lot of the world right now. Um, let's talk about summer skincare. What are some things that people should be doing differently now versus in the winter? Well, I mean, a simple thing is is when you change your clothing, when you change your wardrobe. So when you change your outer coats, you should change your moisturizer. That's the most simple one. If you, you know, if you're wearing a big, heavy woolen coat and you get to springtime and you change it to a Mac, you know, then you should be looking at your moisturizer. You don't need to be using anything big and greasy. And especially if you're in a warmer climate like California, you know, mm -hmm. at least you've got pretty much solid weather year round. <laughs> Mm -hmm. No, you know what to expect most days when you're in LA, you know. Yeah. But um, I think not that LA 
encompasses all of California. I am aware of that. I do apologize. Um, <laughs> but it, you know, the, the sort of the rest of the world that has four very different seasons, you just have to be aware that, you know, as you, if you turn the heating on, if you turn the air con on, just have a little look at your skincare and make sure it's still doing what it needs to do for you in those elements. That's number one, really. And once you do that, you kind of find that you, you, you know, you're more interested in looking at different products like vitamin C and niacinamide and azelaic acid and things that, you know, we kind of know help the skin and that you can include in actives. So the actives don't have to change throughout the year, but it's really about cleansing and moisturizing. The bookend products are the ones that you can really mix up. If that makes sense. Mm. Yeah. So I, what you're saying is you kind of keep the the middle part of your routine consistent and the cleansing and the moisturizing yeah. are almost seasonal. Yeah, kind of. That I mean, sense. I mean I, I've yet to meet a California resident who doesn't love to wash their face in the shower with a foaming face wash. It still gives me nightmares. <laughs> you know, I just work with what I'm given. The Lord tests me, but that's fine. <laughs> What you're given is lots of lots of foam and lots of shower face washers. And you don't yeah, wash and your scrubs. Face you love a scrub, shower, you love right? Yeah. No. You like to over exfoliate. No. You love to over exfoliate. You hate oil. These are my sweeping generalizations. And by the <laughs> way, this section did not make it into the book. Can you believe the legal department said Americans might get offended? I said, I promise you, every American I speak to who's a reader laughs and says, oh, yeah, that's me. Or, oh, yeah, that's my sister. Or, oh, yeah, that's my best friend. I don't do that anymore, Caroline. I've moved from the dark side. <laughs> but, you know, it was washing your face in the shower. And it was after I'd been over to L.A. with Pixie for one of the first times. And this quite a few years ago. And everyone I spoke to on the we went to BeautyCon. They had a stand at BeautyCon and I, I sort of did an appearance. And everyone I spoke to, their face, I could just, I can immediately tell how someone takes care of their skin when I look at their face. Mm. So I would basically say, what scrub do you use? I wouldn't even say cleanser. I'd say, what scrub? And they all answered. They all had a scrub. So they scrubbed their face. And I do understand it because when you're in that heat, I get it. I do get that you have a different level of feeling like you want to get dirt off your skin. But you guys take it to like a pornographic level. It's not normal. (laughs) (laughs) It's not normal. I mean, you know, it's it's like exfoliate. Then foam the living bejesus out of it. Then put it under a hot shower. Like if you have a, a, a you know a tepid shower, that's fine. But most of you also like a glaringly hot shower, and then you don't use any oil. You don't replenish your skin, so your face ends up looking like a flaky pastry. <laughs> I mean, that, yes, that's my sweeping generalization of uh, the land I love. For the record, I do not use a foaming cleanser. <laughs> <laughs> what cleanser do you use, Dory? I use a uh, Stratia uh, cleansing milk. Yeah. Nice. I like a milk. Nothing wrong with the milk. Okay. Okay. All right. (laughs) Hold on. Carry on. (laughs) Kate's very quiet. Kate's like, yeah, I like a bit of St. Ives myself. I'm literally covered in foam right now. I'm in in a hot shower scrubbing myself. (laughs) Yeah. No, but yeah, you, you no, actually no oil you, in your moisturizer. Not a single oil. No, you did describe a lot of the habits that I have picked up over the years. I don't think I use a yeah. foaming moisturizer, a foaming cleanser anymore. But like the scrubbing, the need to exfoliate. It's yeah. You people need to calm down. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely something. Can I ask yeah. you a question? <laughs> um, can you talk to us about 
you call them spritzes in your book. I call them face mists. I'm obsessed with misting myself nonstop. And it seems like you're, you are a fan. What do you use? What do I use? What don't I use? Honestly. Uh, Let's see. I like Josh Rosebrook. No. Okay. That's okay. So that's the Rolls Royce of me. So what is a mist? What does it do? When do I use it? And like, do I need one with actual products in it or something like an Avene thermal water spray going to do anything? No, don't use, don't use just water because it dehydrates your skin. You want something that contains either glycerin or a really sort of low percentage of hyaluronic acid or, you know, or aloe vera, something that has something else in the product rather than just plain water. Water will dehydrate you. That's why people who start using things like the Evian tin it becomes completely addictive and you're spraying all day because your skin's actually dehydrated and it has the opposite mm-hmm. effect. But if you're spraying something like Josh Rosebrook or even that the the one that's like $4 on Amazon, the Heritage Store, Rose Water and Glycerin, that's an amazing I toner. I use that. Yep, I use that. Yeah. I have Trader Joe's. I mean, no, which... Water, glycerin and a rose water, uh, you know, from, from the sort of byproduct of essential oil. So it's essential oil free, it's fragrance free and it's so dirt cheap, you know, so you can do... You can do either end of the spectrum. The key is to uh, avoid things that have like, you know, like fake colored rose water, fake perfumed rose Mm. water. Then you're fine. And really, it's just about making the sandwich a bit more moist. You know, (laughs) it is. All my analogies are about food or rock bands. You'll be fine. So it's literally, you know, you cleanse and then you might acid. You might not want to acid, but you can cleanse, you can acid and then you would mist. And then you can serum and then you can mist again if you want. And then you put your moisturizer on and then you can mist on top. Depends entirely on your skin, how much your mist cost. Let's face it. It's easier to be handy with the one that was $4. Um, yeah. And yeah, I mean, I, I love them, but they're also something that I tell people they don't, ha- they don't need if budget is a concern, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Caroline, the section in your book of skincare myths I'm obsessed with Especially, especially your discussion of skin purging, which I feel like has become this thing that people think is normal. Good thing, yeah, yeah. I mean, hell, well, there's there's two ways of looking at it. If you if you're using over the counter products. There's not really anything that you can buy over the counter that is going to cause you to have massive purging. There shouldn't be anyway, you know. Mm. Prescription is different. If you go to see a derm and they give you tret, or you know, they give you tretinoin, or you know, uh, some of the creams that you can get, and, and they're very different names from here to there. So I won't sort of you know go into names because everyone will be like, oh, is that a new cream? No, it's just a different generic name. Don't worry. <laughs> but it, you shouldn't, you know, you shouldn't sort of prescription strength is different because they're drugs, right? And the purging happens right. under the care of a doctor. If you start to purge, uh, the, you could say there's an argument for a vitamin A making you purge, but it would have to be a sort of a really strong vitamin A. And I'm not the biggest fan of sort of purging unless you're under a doc's care. It just could lead to like, because for starters, people who people who start to purge, they're generally people who've had spots for a lot of their lifetime and they start to pick and that's not great. Mm. And at least. So purging under a derm's care 
is standard. If you purge, and it's when people say, oh, I'm purging, and they sort of enjoy it. And I think, oh, what are you using? Because you know, you, you don't have the sort of further advice of how you should cleanse when you're purging, how you should moisturize when you're purging. So it's just sort of uh, when brands are like, uh, basically for me, the difference is if I look at someone, I can go, that looks like purging, or that looks like your skin's having a slight reaction to the product. And that's why brands started this whole thing of, oh, no, you're just purging because they didn't want the returns, right? Mm. So it depends. Again, it's, it's much more nuanced, really, because it depends on the product. It depends on the person's skin. But if, you're, if your face, like I say in the book, if your face is angry and you've got a mixture of like spots and cysts and blackheads and whiteheads and you just think my skin is going to shit, what is happening? Mm-hmm. Then, then it's much more about it's possible the product is not the best one for you. Okay. Makes sense. Yeah, no, totally. I just, I, I feel like we see this all the time. You'll, like on, you'll see in Facebook groups, skincare Facebook groups, people being like, I just started using X product and I broke out and all the comments are, oh, you're just purging. Like, you know, get, give it a couple weeks. And what you're saying is like, no, this product does it's not agree with your skin. <laughs> yeah. And it's worth, you know, it'd be worth sort of having the conversations with people and saying and checking back and saying, so tell me how your skin is now. How's your skin now that you're not, you know, if you're not purging, what happened? Did you stop using it? Mm-hmm. What the, what's the gist? You know, how did you get it to stop purging as it were? Did you stop using the product or did your skin naturally calm down? In which case, you know, you could say there's an argument that maybe they were, maybe they were purging. Right. Yeah. But, it's not it's very definitely been used as an excuse to stop getting returns for sure wow okay (laughs) blowing my mind over here no big deal i know um you are also and you have a, a page on this in your book but you are not a fan of sheet masks if someone is kind of no they're white to the sheet caroline you are a woman after my own heart. I have come out on this podcast saying that I don't like oh, sheet masks. So I really appreciate that a professional is saying the same thing. I just don't, you know, if you want to use them and you, you know, it, it makes you sit still for half an hour and you can sort of, I don't know, meditate or listen to music while you're doing it, knock yourself out. But, you know, there are people who will sell them that will say, oh, because it's held on the skin for longer, you're going to absorb more. No, you're not. The skin is not a sponge. The skin is a barrier. It's just going to sit on your skin for longer. So it depends. You know, if you want to, if you like the feeling of them, that's fine. But again, they're not, they're usually a polyfabric. They're not biodegradable. They're incredibly expensive for what they are. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, they must be one of the, besides clay masks, sheet masks must be up there with the making the biggest profit margin for brands because it's a wipe. It's a thick wipe with holes cut in it for eyes and some product added to it, right? So, you know, a clay mask is by far the cheapest thing you can make in the industry. So when I see clay masks and they're like $50, $60, I think, all right, God, all right, Rockefeller, calm down. But in terms of uh, the sheet masks, if you enjoy them and you can find one that's biodegradable, knock yourself out. But otherwise, it's just, it makes a good picture for the gram, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. I mean, let's face it. I'm not sorry. I'm just trying to be polite. (laughs) (laughs) I'm really not. (laughs) 
Um, you've been open about injectables. Uh, what is your approach to them? Um, well, I always said to readers, you know, I haven't had anything so far. And when I do, I'll let you know. And then at the end of 2018, oh, remember the good days before pandemics? At the end yeah. of 2018, my mother-in-law had died and I'd lost quite a bit of weight. And I just looked in the mirror one day and I just looked. I looked as tired and grief stricken as I was. And so I just went to see an aesthetic doctor and said, look, I don't want, you know, I'm not a facelift girl. I don't want, I don't want to look like a surprise tambourine. You know, I don't, I want my eyes to move. I have to be able to raise my eyebrows to tell off my kids for starters. So I don't want that. And also I'm, I'm not a great candidate for sort of forehead Botox and stuff because I have such a massive forehead that no matter where they inject it, it would probably depress my brow. And then I would have that weird look that some Hollywood actresses get where it looks like they're frowning, but actually the Botox is just slipping down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so but what I did do was have some filler sort of around, just sort of in front of the temple area to just pull back my cheeks a bit. Because obviously when you're perimenopausal and menopausal, your collagen is depleted, you know, everything kind of starts to sag. It's not a joke, ladies. It literally sags. Bladder control, everything. So <laughs> when you, I'm you get to that, a certain yeah. point and there's, you know, there's, yeah, there's only, especially when you've had loads of kids like I have, idiot. Um, <laughs> but there, there comes a point where it, the creams, you know, and the, the thing that bugs me is when people say, well, of course she's got good skin. She's had loads of work done. They're not the same thing. It's what, it's like cause and effect. One doesn't cause the other. Botox and filler don't give you good skin. They fix the structure of your skin underneath. They don't change your skin topically. So it's quite, it would be quite possible for someone to have severe acne or severe rosacea, you know, or any kind of other common ailment, as it were, and to have Botox and filler and still have those problems, but their face just has a bit more structure to it. And so that's what really bugs me when people, you know, they say, oh, we've just got a face full of filler. It doesn't do anything to your skin topically. Right. You know, you don't have to take care of your skin. All you're doing, to me, it's no different than dyeing your hair. If you don't like being gray and you dye your hair, you dye your hair. If you don't like having a saggy jowl or you don't like your double chin and you can do something about it, you do something about it. And it's no one else's business. You know, I speak about it because I don't want people to think, one, I'm trying to hide anything. Two, I'm ashamed of it because I'm not. Three, that it's any of their business. You know, I talk about it because I've decided I will share that info with them, but it's not, you know, if people had demanded it of me, I probably wouldn't have done to be honest. And also I don't want people, I want my readers to trust me. I don't want them to think, Oh, she looks so good. Her skin's blah, blah, blah. And you know, I'm the first to say, Oh God, no, my cheeks are actually down by my tits. I've just had a a bit of filler love, you know, (laughs) and they're not that bad, but it gives people the impression that, you know, you're just being real. Yeah. So it's whatever anyone wants to do. I mean, I do think there's a certain point where it's it's something much more underlying, like the guy who's turned himself into Ken or Barbie. You know, that kind of severe body dysmorphia is different. Well, you know, everyone needs to chill. We're talking about a little bit of hyaluronic acid. Um, (laughs) Literally, you know, everyone's like, "Oh, I'm, I'm so terrified of having Botox or filler and blah blah blah." And what makes me laugh is, especially again with California, the Green Brigade, they're like, I don't use parabens, but they've got a face full of Botox. Mm-hmm. You know, and you're like, yeah, all right, Doris, nice one. <laughs> it just makes me laugh. It's just that, you know, that whole mindset of, God forbid you use a cream with a paraben in it, which is actually the safest preservative ever made. 
but you have no problem with injecting botulism around your eyes. You know, I don't have a problem with it, but it's just the irony for me is not lost. I spend a lot of time, again, when I'm in California more than anywhere else going, ha ha. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Literally like, mm-hmm, okay. Well, you have a whole, Sorry, you, have, you write about, no, you write about this in your book. And I think you make a really interesting point, which is like the, that the U.S. does not actually regulate products very well. So while like parabens ultimately, you know, it's up to everyone to decide, but it's probably not a big deal. There are some issues with the ways in which like the FDA has not or excuse me, like the USA has not done a great job of really regulating the ingredients in skincare. Well, the difference is in the UK and in Europe, and to be honest, the rest of the world, you have to prove a product is safe before you can put it on sale. In the USA, you can put the product on sale, but if you're challenged, you have to prove that product is safe. Now, the reason why it's a load of nonsense, you know, the EWG and Kourtney Kardashian going to Congress and saying we haven't banned all these ingredients, the, the USA takes a, weirdly takes a slightly more grown up and trusting approach. They haven't banned the ingredients because they're not used anywhere anymore. You don't find mercury in lipsticks. You don't find mercury in vaccines. You know, there's a whole other off tail with that. But these ingredients aren't used and it's all marketing. It's all marketing to make people feel like, you know, good and bad. And, you know, what's the opposite of clean? Dirty. So it's, it's almost saying that everything else in Sephora is dirty. And I actually put the clean section of the book is the one section I said you want to run that through legal. (laughs) because I didn't play, you know, and I basically, when I said to them, well, here's all the receipts. I just took all of this from their websites and the rest of it is my opinion about it. And they said, well, that's fine. If you've, if they've got it on their website, what are they going to argue with? You know, but the fact that Sephora who let's face it, makes the majority of their money from the high tech skincare area, Mm. the fact that they have a section called clean, then they don't see that that is telling the other brands that they are dirty is astounding to me. Mm. I walk around Sephora with my eyes open and my chin at the floor, just going, what, what, (laughs) you know? So it's a, it's an interesting one because if you look in Sephora, there's nothing unsafe in Sephora. So, and half those products, none of them will have gone through regular, but here's the big thing. The American customers need to really remember no one in America is setting out to hurt you because think of the litigation. You guys are the most litigious country on earth. So if someone brings out a, a product, a serum or a mask or a moisturizer that burns the living bejesus out of all of their customers' face, faces, they're facing a class action suit, right? You know, American lawyers would destroy them. So no one is setting out to harm you. It's complete paranoia and marketing, and it drives me to distraction. And there we go. <laughs> Anything else you'd like me to not have an opinion about? <laughs> well, I have a I have something that I would like you to have an opinion about, which is what is the skincare trend you wish would die? Oh, so many. Glitter, unicorns, anything that's just infantilizing women, uh, wipes, masks, pretending that Bucuchiol is the second Jesus and that it's the same as retinol when it's not. So many, so many things. You know, when you just walk around and you're like, oh, shut up. I get so many press releases and I'm just like, oh my God, someone paid you to type that. Uh, what What are some trends in skincare that you're excited about? I don't, to be honest, it's the solid stuff that sticks around. I'm excited that more people are getting into it. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's good for people's skin. You know, it's good for your self-esteem. It makes you feel better when you've got a clean face, unless you're my teenage son, obviously. <laughs> um, <laughs> teenagers are another level. Um, I think, you know, everyone realizing that actually if they just wash their face, found a good vitamin C, vitamin A and an SPF, they'd be good. Mm-hmm. I think that's sort of nice. You know, I think I think the cream is rising to the top. The dust is settling. We kind of know what works and what doesn't. Um, the choice, I totally understand that the choice can be can be overwhelming. And to that point, I suppose to your previous question, a trend that I wish would die would be people asking about the percentages of everything and thinking that the ordinary cures all ills mm. because it doesn't. And the percentages are made up as part of a total formula. It has absolutely no bearing on the product. You know, you can have a really good, excellent daily 2% vitamin C because the carrier, the, the, the base ingredient and the carrier is so good that it's bioavailable. It goes straight into the skin. You could have a 30% vitamin C in an unstable formula. And all it's going to do is go off, oxidize and irritate your skin. You know, I think... I think what the EWG and brands like The Ordinary at the beginning, they did they did wonders for sort of democratizing and offering people a sort of a valid price point. But what they've also done is made everyone think they're a frigging chemist. <laughs> and so instead of buying one serum, they'll buy five. I mean, do you see the marketing genius in that? You know, instead of yes. buying one $30 product, they'll go onto The Ordinary's website and order five because The Ordinary will say, well, if you've got this skin, this will help and this will help and this will help and this will help. And they order all four. And before you know it, you've spent more than you would have done in the first place. So they undoubtedly have some great formulas. And it's I'm all for, you know, having skincare at a good price point. But don't try and compare, for example, the Ordinary's glycolic red weekly peel to Biologique Recherche P50. They're in a it's like comparing Meryl Streep. And someone from I don't I don't have anyone I don't someone from Real Housewife of Beverly Hills and like literally there's no you know they're both on TV it's like saying they're both on TV yeah but they do very different jobs you know so I think it's uh, the trend for everyone thinking they're a chemist I'm well over you know can you tell me what the percentage is I'm like why where did you get your degree in chemistry and they're like, and they're like oh oh no I just you know I, I want to make sure it's strong right well I'm telling you what the formula's going to do for your face. It's like, it's honestly, it's like eating the best cake on earth and then questioning the chef and saying, yeah, but what flour did you use and what was the weight of that flour? <laughs> like, you just wouldn't do it. So the distrust that's in the industry, you know, I think social media has helped. I, I think it's been a double-edged sword. It's helped get rid of some of it because it, it means brands are more accountable. And you know, you've seen no more evidence of that than you have in the last two weeks, you know, mm-hmm. but I think it's also led to a lot of, there's some crazy marketing claims out there. And I just think, Oh my God, how did you get that past the table? You know? Yeah. 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 Caroline, how did you initially get interested in skincare? Was this something that your mom passed down to you? How, how did, how did this come about? In yeah, both place. my my mother and my grandmother were both in the beauty industry. So I kind of grew up around it. It was just second nature. You know, as soon as I soon as it even looked like I was getting my periods or I was getting the odd hormonal zit, I had a three step routine. You know, mother mum was just like, You can wear makeup, but if you're gonna wear makeup, you have to wash your face properly and here's what you're gonna do, you know. 
Mm-hmm. Um, my earliest memories of watching my grandmother take her makeup off every night with almond oil and then using like a Lancome cleanser. And this is like in the 70s and 80s, you know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was always around. And I just, I never, ever made a plan of, oh, I'm going to work in the beauty industry. I just sort of, I I got a Saturday, Sunday job in Harvey Nichols. And on my first day, I thought, oh, this is fun. I like this. And on my second day, I just fell in love with it. And that was it. I just knew I wasn't going to leave the industry again. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of been a love affair ever since. Well, we're glad it has been. Um, we have we have a kind of lightning round of we have oh, a lightning like round. Like <laughs> Let's go. Okay, we want to get your like lightning reactions to cult products. Oh God, are you sure you got legal compass for this? <laughs> <laughs> I'll All give right. you the girls. You might want to brace yourselves. Okay, okay. let's try okay. holding on to the table. Okay. Yeah. All right. Starting off with Sunday Riley Good Jeans. Oh, excellent product. To be clear, US version is excellent. The UK version is good, but the US version is better because it's lactic, not glycolic. Just to be clear. I didn't realize there was a difference. Yeah. Yeah. Because, and you'll appreciate this after the current conversation um, or the previous conversation, the percentage of lactic in the US version is too strong for Europe. So they had to change it to glycolic. Wow. For everyone who comes from London, you know how you girls all, all come over here and you're like, what can we get in London that we can't get in New York? Yes. Everyone that comes, goes to the US from London immediately buys Sunday Riley Good Jeans and Sephora if they're wow. a skincare addict. I didn't know that. Never yeah, knew it's that. Product. All right. Next up, Vintner's Daughter Active Botanical Serum. Uh, good if you can afford it. Okay. But I wouldn't. Well, it- I wouldn't credit card it, put it that way. Okay. Okay. Well, later skin food. Love it. But the lighter version is better for most skins. Okay. Biologique Recherche P50. One of my favorite products of all time. Glossier Future Dew. Uh, one of my favorite products of all time. Wow. Okay. Wow. You've either done research or I don't know what's going on here. I like this tomfoolery. I like it. <laughs> um. Drunk elephant marula oil. Um, well, they don't like me anymore, so I don't like to give them oxygen. But uh, it's a beautiful oil, but you can buy you can buy it cheaper. If you can afford it, buy it. It's a beautiful oil. And what about baby facial? Uh, we don't get that here, and I'm not a fan no. of putting a really, really strong acid on your face. And then when Drew Barrymore put it, and she was doing the school run in the sun, I thought I was going to have a heart attack. Oh, my gosh. <gasps> yeah. And they were endorsing it. They were like, thank you. And everyone was just like, tell her she shouldn't be doing that. Oh, God. oh my gosh. I did not know that. Oh. oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She was like, and I just love baby facial and was rubbing it all over her face and then got in, in the car in the sunshine and did the school run with it on. And she was saying, sometimes oh. I'll it when I get home and I'm like, oh, my God. But oh, yeah, no. I, I can't really speak to it, to be fair, because we I've, I used it ages ago, but I'm not a fan of kind of a super strong acid in that way. Okay. Skinceuticals CE Ferulic Serum. I prefer Floretin. That's my top tip of the day. Floretin is the version that's made for an oilier skin, but it's a much lighter serum. It's like water. Mm. And it goes on much nicer, especially in your climate. If I was in California, I wouldn't use Ferulic. I'd use Floretin. Okay. Oh, noted. La Mer Creme de la Mer. Overrated, too expensive. 
Having said that, it's one of my mother's favorite products of all time. Paula's Choice Skin Perfecting 2% BHA. Uh, a, a gold a gold mine of a product. You know, I, I don't need to use it, so I don't use it, but people who use it love it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a it's a surefire winner. You can't go wrong, really. You know, I mean, for all the problems with the brand, you know, for all the sort of the, the, the heat they take for, you know, having their all their products are five star and their website and others aren't. Right. You would just do that, though, wouldn't you? I mean, you just would. I don't yeah. even have a problem with it. I'm like, of course, they're going to give their own products five stars. What do you expect? They're going to say, oh, uh, actually, this is a one star. Our product is shit. <laughs> we don't buy it. I mean, imagine. But, uh, but you know, for the product itself, I, I think, again, with some of these, actually, with most of these, the proof is in the pudding. You know, there's a reason they become cult products. Yeah. Yeah. Not with all, you know, but with quite a few of them. I would like to think that there's a good reason. Right. Okay. Just a couple more. SK2 Facial Treatment Essence. Uh, overrated. Okay. August finished. You do use it. <laughs> no, I don't. I've never bought it because I've. It's so expensive. Yeah. yeah. Overrated and overpriced. Um, Augustinus Botter, the cream and or the rich cream. Uh, overrated and overpriced. Okay. And I would also one. recommend, I would also recommend that you go and look at Instagram and I can't remember. I think it was We Are Bats. There's a couple of cosmetic scientists. There's one called Stephen, a kind of Stephen, and then there's We Are Bats. And he put a whole piece up about how the Bader cream in particular, here's the irony, the testing that they use on their packaging, like this has been tested on blah, 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 and proven to be so-and-so, was done on rats. Ah! Because not as a cosmetic product, but as a medication. Because right, obviously right, right. All, all medications are tested on animals. This is why when people are like, oh, I'm just going to take my Advil, I'm like, tested on animals but okay um so the testing was done on rats so they to say it's cruelty free is a bit of a misnomer because down the line not too long ago there were animals involved and a lot of the tests which is actually another one of the beauty myths i should have put in the book but i don't know why i didn't i'll save it for the blog is that most clinical studies if not all clinical studies that you see written on packaging are done on white skin Mm. so I would take everything with a pinch of salt. If you are darker than even Latino and darker, I would take it with a pinch of salt. If it says it's going to fix your pigmentation because your pigmentation is stronger than ours in terms of, you know, what you're trying to shift. So things like that bug me. But yeah, I think it's hype. You know, if people love it, use it. If you love it, use it. I'm the first to say if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But if you are credit carding these expensive products because you are buying hope in a jar, then you don't need to. All right. And the last one, which we have a pretty good idea how you feel about, but we're going to ask for the benefit of our audience. <laughs> Pixie Glow Tonic. Um, I think it's a great starter product. You know, I mean, in the I mean, Pixie was literally like the second acid that existed in the industry. You know, Pixie's been going a long time. P50 was made in 1970. Pixie's been around since the, oh God, what, what was their 20th anniversary last year? So what's that? Yeah, 2000. 2000. Yeah, 2019, And I think they started a bit earlier as well. But in terms of like liquid exfoliating acids, the bonuses are it's alcohol free. It's 5% glycolic. So it's nice and mild. It's not going to give you a problem if you want to use it twice a day. Uh, and again, the proof's in the pudding. You know, it's kind of there's a reason it keeps selling bottle after bottle, you know. Right, right, right. Well, that was great. Oh. Thank you for indulging us. Yes. <laughs> 
I'm surprised you didn't ask me about Cetaphil. You know how much I love that. <sighs> that's well, yes. Can you just that's like a hot product that comes up a lot on our show. I feel like that's oh, also like Why? Well, in a good way. It's kind of a standby, right? Like everybody kind of always falls back onto the Cetaphil. I don't know why. <laughs> it's an atrocious product. <laughs> just an atrocious product. Really? Just avoid completely. Avoid completely. Unless you want to use it to clean your butt or your feet. <laughs> I mean, why not? I love cleaning a butt. You got to clean a butt once in a while. But even then, I wouldn't put it on my baby's skin, you know? It's uh, it's basically like water, three parabens, two alcohols, and sodium lauryl sulfate. It's it's the most overhyped, but we we know why Cetaphil sells, yes? Cetaphil no. belongs to the, the Galderma family of business, and they also make filler. So every dermatologist is given Cetaphil to give to people and just call it a great basic. It's not a great basic. It's a basic bitch. <laughs> there is... There's nothing good about it except it's cheap and you can get big bottles of it and that's it. For someone who wants to buy a good drugstore cleanser, what would you recommend? CeraVe. So same same initials, very yeah. different products. Yeah. Wow. Very different products. CeraVe is a different level. You know, and again, CeraVe is basic, but it doesn't have the same you know, the whole thing is based on ceramides and replenishing the skin barrier, whereas Cetaphil is like just tearing it off. Mm. They love me, Cetaphil. Um, <laughs> I get invited to thank <laughs> you every year. Um, you recently had a conversation on your Instagram um, with Dr. Atta Jewel about what needs to change in the beauty industry. And yeah. I'm just wondering, what can we do as consumers to hold beauty brands accountable? Um, I think, you know, just do a bit more research, shop, you know, shop with your dollar, basically. You know, if you if a brand has just not done anything to support, you know, for example, if you go into Sephora and I only use Sephora because it's so well known in the US. But if you go into any store and they don't have darker shades, ask why. And if they say, oh, we don't have them out, ask why. And if they say, well, they don't sell, say, well, how are they going to sell if you don't have them on display? Numb nuts. It's not a hard it's not a hard scenario to fix, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think if, if people are problematic, you know, if, if brands are, if you don't align with how they think politically, then you're going to have to just, you know, it's your money, spend it where you want it. Um, yeah. It would be great. I just think it would be really beneficial if everyone cared for darker skins as much as they do for the animals, because it would, it would just fix everything overnight because people who are, totally against cruelty free i mean to, you know totally for cruelty free and against animal testing are so militant about it that they're the ones who cause the change imagine if we were as militant about making sure we were anti-racist mm. imagine what change we could make and that's not to say i want the animals harmed we could have both yes i'm yes, just right. saying the energy that people put into don't animal test cruelty free pet petter and all of that you know where's the sort of Where's the thinking of, oh, well, there's no, there's no black colors here. There's no darker colors here. And why? Don't even get me, you've got me started now, girls. Why? Why do we still have colors called tan? Mm. That's not what a black skin looks like when it's tanned. Like mm -hmm. everything is, everything is, is ded dedicated to a white customer, everything. So it's up to us to change it, the people in the industry, and it's up to customers to support it when we make those changes. Yeah. Yeah. 
Agree. Hard agree. There's no excuse. There's just no excuse. You know, I had, because I've been quite vocal the last two weeks. Well, no change there, let's face it. But because I think I've been quite vocal, the only negative comments I've, I've had have been from wealthy white women who are annoyed that I'm not just pandering to their every skincare need and that I'm actually getting political. And then I'm like, well, I'm, it's not politics, it's human rights. Yeah. Supporting mm-hmm. black lives <laughs> is not political. It's a human rights issue, you know? And also I was just as vocal about being pro-choice. I was just as vocal about being pro-vaccine. And, you know, it's the pro-polio brigade that make me die. I can't even, I have no time. I can't, let's not even start me off. That's a whole other chapter. But, you know, it's, um, I think you have to vote with your dollar if you've seen that brands have reacted horribly. You know, L'Oreal have basically saved themselves millions by apologizing to Monroe Bergdorf because they were, they were on course for a full boycott. Yeah. Certainly everyone in the skincare community on Instagram was just like, well, they're done. Yeah. You know, they're done. So, and, you know, they need to expand their testing. They need to support darker colors. I've done, I've sat on consulting gigs, you know, behind the scenes because oddly they want my opinion, but they don't want me in front of the camera. Funny that, isn't it? Um, <laughs> when you're a loose cannon, they're like, yeah, we'll just get the, the young 20 year old to do the actual picture for Instagram, but we want your brain in the boardroom. But I've done consulting gigs where they will happily and frankly not be as embarrassed as they should be to say to in front of a group of women that is all over 40 and includes black women, black journalists, to say that the product is aimed at a woman over 40, but the visual is someone who's 25 and white and no, they haven't tested it on black skin. That that Mm -hmm. shit's got to change. Well, Caroline, I don't even know what to say. This has been so freaking great. Well, thank you. Um, thanks for having me. Caroline, for those of our listeners who, for some reason, don't follow you already, where can people find you and follow you? Oh, I am Caroline Hirons everywhere, literally. You can just put my name in and it all pops up. And if in doubt, just go to carolinehirons.com. And then I obviously link to everything from there. That's the easiest way. Great. Um, well, thanks again. And My pleasure. Thank yeah. you for listening to me rant. You know, we have been delving more and more into the topic of our skin as we get older and how we treat it and how we love it. Because look, as I'm learning in my mid-40s, as you get older, you deal with new things when it comes to your skin. Not that they're bad. They're just new. You know what I mean? Like I am now just discovering creppiness, Dory. Mm. Okay. Which is okay. I know. Visible on my <sighs> neck and chest. Luckily, it's a thing. It's a thing. Luckily, One Skin, our sponsor today, knows all about things like crappiness. And I'm not overly concerned with aesthetics, but like I do just want to keep my skin healthy as I age. Totally. I love their topical supplements. They really help your skin feel. I don't want to say younger, but just vibrant, mm. refreshed. They combine tissue engineering, data analysis, and cutting edge longevity science to literally create the world's most effective product to help with skin aging. I am particularly fond of their face topical supplement. It's essentially a moisturizer, but it has their mm-hmm. proprietary OSO1 peptide to really help with 
all the parts of our skin that are exposed to environmental damage. You can use it on your face, your hands, your neck. I know here Mm -hmm. where we live in Los Angeles, our hands, we're driving. That sun is coming at us at all times. One Skin believes the purpose of skincare is not just to improve how we look, but to optimize our skin biology so that it is more resilient to the aging process. They really create next level skincare. One Skin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, One Skin keeps your skin looking and more importantly, acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code OVER50 at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code OVER50. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. Step onto the legendary clay courts of Roland Garros, where the world's best players battle it out for a chance to win the French Open title. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV, live in HD. Don't miss a moment with daily live coverage and match replays on demand, beginning Monday, May 20th. Be there for all the unforgettable moments. Stream now with Tennis Channel Plus. Well, she 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 was everything I I hoped and dreamed. I know. I, and like even before we started ever started even doing Forever 35, my kind of intro into skincare was f- through friends recommending her website. And mm. and she's always been the person who was like, well, you know, someone will say like, well, what does Caroline Hyren say? What does she say? And <sighs> she's the, like she is the authority. Uh, she is. And I, the authority. I have to say, her her book is really fantastic. Um, I was really because you never know when someone releases a book what it's, especially um, kind of a reference guide like this. But it is really thoughtful and accessible and well done. And I, I yes, found it. I agree. Really, really useful. I really loved it. So definitely grab her book if you are. A skincare connoisseur, skincare curious, whatever yeah. you call yourself. It, you know, what I love about it is I think it's good for like all levels of skincare. Yes, because I still feel like I am uh, a basic newbie skincare person. And then occasionally I'm like, oh, I kind of get it now. But it was it was helpful in so many levels. It's how totally. I decided to try this retinol. Always comes back to the there retinol. There you go. Tonight. All right. Well... <laughs> Let's lurk back into the area of intentions because I I did some thinking about what I want to do this week because I've kind of dropped the ball on something. Okay, tell me. Oh well, first I should say I think my last intention was that I was going to make doctor's appointments. Yes, and I did it. I did it, and even my husband's doing it. We're kind of getting back into into the game. Amazing, FYI. That's so great. Number two. And I have my telehealth appointment for my my butt cheek. So that's right. Yes. <laughs> really, really leaning into the intentions. So Dory, this week, you know, it's interesting to me how journaling comes up so much with different guests as a self-care practice. And I had really gotten into my one line a day journal and I was being really consistent about it. And I've completely dropped the ball. And now because I've dropped the ball in it, I'm like hesitant to go back into it because there's like a big gap of blank spaces. 
And I'm like, oh, that's going to make me feel annoyed. Okay. Don't be hesitant. I brought it with me on our family three-day adventure and I didn't touch it. And and like I had lovely things to write about and I'm annoyed at myself. And now I'm like, do I abandon this altogether? But I'm going to give it one more try. Yeah, Mm. don't abandon it altogether. Have you ever forgotten it for like weeks at a time or have you been consistent since day one? I have not forgotten it for weeks at a time. Well, look at you. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. I was expecting nothing less, to be honest. <laughs> uh, it's just, uh, there have been some nights where I've been like, oh, I don't feel like writing. But that's why it's so great that it's one line. It's so short. No, yeah, you're right. It takes next to nothing. It takes like less than a minute. Yeah. yeah. And then it's okay. done. And then it's done. All right. So that's um, my that's my intention is to get back to my one line a day journal. I really do like having a little record of everything that happens. <sighs> and I just have to do it. I just got to do it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. How about you? Um. So I wanted to get out of my meal rut last week. And... You know, we heard from so many listeners who sent a, who sent in vegetarian recipes. And I just have to say thank you so much for all of those recipes. I'm still going through them all, but I feel like I will never be in a meal rut again. Like we got it, so it will be impossible. I think so we many. um we should compile them to share. I was listeners. thinking that too. Yeah, in some sort of um, doc. <laughs> Yeah, because we got such amazing recommendations. I know we want to talk about them further on down the road on an episode, and it would be great to have them all in one place, like yes. a little cookbook. Yeah. Okay. I literally have the same idea. Like We're a little church cookbook? We yeah, really are. And yeah. So did you, have you cooked any of the suggested recipes yet? I have not, but I'm excited to. There right. were many where I was like, ooh, yeah, yeah, that looks good. So yeah, there I was think like we should totally put together that... a cookbook. Oh, I'm sorry. I was just going to say there was a pasta that came in like in an email today that looked really good. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, mm. we'll put them, we'll figure that out. We'll, we will be putting those together. Anyway, um, what do you have on deck for this week? Sorry. I, I... So I have a very, I have a very like brass tacks intention this week which is i want to clean the bathrooms listen that's that, it that's just that's that's gotta get done there is <laughs> no place done. no place in the house that reminds you more of how filthy your house your house is than the fucking bathroom it's so true oh god holy moly the hairs yeah it's bad it's, it's bad, bad Kate. It's it it's bad no, 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 Dory. I, I trust me. I get it. And you know what? With the bathroom, you clean it, and then all it takes is one person going in there to destroy it right away. Like yeah. it's, it's the most yeah. unsatisfying clean. You get like no time with it. Yeah, didn't yeah. To, it's didn't very unsatisfying, there, but but it but it needs to be done. Must be done. <sighs> Godspeed, um, so my it. friend. God, thank speed, you. Because thank you so much. So Ugh, it's the worst. Well, <sighs> it's a pleasure to be reunited. Yes, it really back is. On this, it's great to talk back on you. the pod. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
And, you know, this show, Forever 35, is hosted and produced by you, Dory Shafrir, and me, Kate Spencer, mm-hmm. and produced and edited by Sammy Junio. You know, who I was just thinking today, I really miss Sammy. I miss Sammy. Sammy, too. We haven't seen, seen Sammy since in March. Oh, gosh. Months. Maybe so even before months. March. Yeah, and I was looking at my dog, who I was like, I bet you miss Sammy, too. I don't know. I was just so... Oh, I miss... Yeah. Anyway. Uh, and Sam Reed is our amazing project manager and listeners. We thank you for listening. We will talk to you on Friday. We will. Bye. <laughs>